When I think of you, I think of Gumby. I Don't think you think of, of Gumby? Flexibility. Right. I think listening. like Play-Doh. Oh, yeah. Listening, yeah. incredible listening, incredible temperance. Yeah, the whole two ears, one mouth thing, that's totally you. Okay, welcome to the Metacast. I'm Josh Anderson. Okay, okay, oh, 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 oh. Trying to be more no-nonsense at this point. Have you ever thought, Josh, what it's like to be inside my head? It's a scary place. This is the second episode in a row where we're doing a follow-up. Yep. This one will be a follow-up to Bob is done with Scrum. That episode, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was venting a little bit. A little bit? I've never known you to vent. I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't think I was, I think I was venting about Scrum, but then in retrospect, I, it came out like a, I was venting about Ryan Ripley and things mm-hmm. like that, right? And it really wasn't. So Metacasters, I'm, I, I sort of want to talk about a retraction. I don't often retract or ref, reflect retract. Maybe there's a refraction. Yeah, when we were talking about, I, to me, it's a lot of re- reflection that came out. Yeah, for for me, I used Ryan in that episode. I used Ryan as an example a lot. I used his name a lot, and he's a trainer. He's a PST trainer with Scrum.org. I've attended one of his classes, his uh, PAL class, his leadership class, and not that long ago. And I I know his style, and I I know I've known Ryan for a little bit. Respect this shit out of him, and and rightfully so, he earns it. And I was I was sort of talking using him in my. When in the, the in the Metacast, I often bring up examples, client examples. You know this, Josh. I've done this for years, yeah. from the beginning probably. And I bring up examples. Uh, I bring up people examples, and I bring up client examples a lot. Mm-hmm. You do sometimes, yeah, yeah. And and by bringing up examples, I'm not. I'm really not picking on the example. It helps me to clarify in my mind, like to have an exemplar, have an example about to explore. I'm not, I may sound like I am, but I'm really, my intention is not to judge them. It's, I'm, I'm literally using them as like putting them on the shelf and saying, here's an example of what I'm talking about. In the Ryan case, I was just really using him as an example of a trainer and a trainer who has a responsibility to, to train the scrum guide, to train scrum, mm-hmm. like by the book. Mm-hmm. Now, now what I was vending about in the episode was not Ryan and training by the book. That's the right thing to do. It was, and it's not even a Ryan thing. It's a it's a community thing. It's a world thing. Of people are following Scrum too much. There's too much judgment out there around you're doing Scrum or you're not doing Scrum, right? And if you're, I mean, I saw I saw a LinkedIn post this morning, and this guy said, "Let me share some three, you know." And it's a trainer, so an influencer, mm-hmm. and and I will not name him, <laughs> right? But he just this morning he was like, "These these are things. Let me explain. These are things that aren't in Scrum." that undermines Scrum. And a part of me understands what he's saying, and a part of me is like, who gives a rat's ass, right? I, mm-hmm. I mean, does it really matter? Do we really need to get into yeah. this debate about what's in Scrum and what's out of Scrum versus do we want to just have the debate about Agile, mm-hmm. right? And Agile excellence. So would you classify it as the, the difference between big A Agile and little a? Where big A is very 
dogmatic. It's about all the certs. Yeah. It's about the business. It's all those things. Whereas lowercase agile is like, mindset. are you actually, yeah, that, yeah, that's a good. It's term. mindset. And, and are you flexible and are you not getting stuck? It's not, you know, and, and I did a bad job of this and, and Ryan, I, I don't know if you're listening or if you ever listen to this, I apologize because I heard back and, and I was offensive. It sounded like it was the Ryan Ripley show. And that was a mistake. It was unintentional. It wasn't a mistake. I mean, it was a mistake, but it was an absolute, that was not my point. My point is just providing an example, but it really is. It's this maybe big A, little A. It's getting to the point where, you know, it's, what do people, they, they call it the agile industrial complex is another. Oh, wow. Name. No, Dan Mizek talks about that. He wasn't the originator. I think Alistair Coburn. No. Who's the uh, patterns guy? Oh. What's oh? I can picture his face. He's got a beard. I'm uh, the worst with names. I can't uh, help. I'm, I'm picturing his freaking face. Oh, come, maybe it'll come to me. But he he originated it about eight years ago or something, and it was this case where you know sort of the industrial complex is people are building businesses and mm -hmm. building revenue models, and mm -hmm. we've gotten away big A, mm -hmm. right? And it's we've gotten away from little A. So that's what I was ranting about. The other thing, Metacasters, that I reflected on, and it's probably not going to change me, but it, I need to be, I need to be aware, I need to be mindful of it, is we have a platform here, mm -hmm. right? And it's a pretty powerful platform. Mm -hmm. And when I rant, I can do, I can do. There can be unintended, you know, consequences for that and side effects for that. And I don't always think of it in those terms. Like I think of it as you and I, the right. Metacast, yeah. in my brain, the Metacast is me and my buddy Josh, mm -hmm. right, just talking. And there happen to be two microphones. And there happen to be two microphones. That's real. And I, again, in the back of my mind, I, I know, I mean, we have lots of listeners. I, mm -hmm. I run into people, you know, who recognize me by my voice at conferences and yeah. stuff, right? So I get that. But I don't think of it often, and I need to become more mindful of our, of our platform and how powerful it is. Again, I don't want to change the essence of who I am, mm -hmm. but Metacasters, I'm explaining it, right? I, I'm learning mindfulness about the platform, uh, and I need to be careful. And, and what that does say is I need to be, another problem or challenge we have is we don't plan. Mm -hmm. So I don't plan any, so it's all, right, sort of yeah. all off the cuff. And so part of my mindfulness is I need to, I need to be a little bit more thoughtful and maybe pause before I can imagine that before, before I talk. <laughs> so I'm learning that. So Ryan, I apologize. I hope this explains some of the intent behind it. I do not want to retract anything about big A versus little A. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm still, like I said, I, I was still got riled up this morning when I saw yeah. it, not at the person, but at this pattern mm -hmm. of, why like a, why are we even why are we even talking about what's in scrum or what that's not interesting right. it is not useful to anyone out there from an agile mindset perspective oh right like well like, it is for content marketing yeah, so yeah. that is great clickbait oh yeah that yeah. is great content marketing oh, absolutely, absolutely. but as far as the the actual activity of becoming an agile organization it does nothing for that right have you seen, you're not a LinkedIn guy, like, and I'm not really super mm -hmm. there, but there's a lot of people doing surveys nowadays. What I've noticed in the last three months is people are popping up these little surveys. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that is clickbait. Right. There's a lot. I, I, I've just recently learned that it's probably been around for five years, but yeah. this notion of people say, 
like I I don't think I've ever done clickbait. Like I don't say something mm-hmm. to to rile up folks or to get interest. I say, if I rile someone up, it's because I'm intentional. I mean, right? Yeah, I mean it. I'm not I'm not just sort of gaming around with it or trying to get clicks or something with mm-hmm. it. But I think a lot of folks do that. So okay. so let's move into the yeah, episode. Yeah. So like we did with the Scrum Master episodes where it was how do you get your first job and like okay you did it now what we're going to do the same thing with frustration around big a and little a and like so this is the industrial complex which i think is a cool image what do you do what do you how do you respond how do you operate do you listen do you tune it all out what's the right answer now i'll admit as i sit there and listen i can understand how things i've said might confuse people. So it might be worth clarifying that. One of the things that I always lead with is when I'm coaching teams or I'm brought in to help somebody or anything like that, I just look under the covers and oftentimes they're failing because they're not actually doing the thing. So I have said repeatedly, like, just do scrum, like just do that and you'll be fine. Don't abandon ship in the first two weeks because it's hard. And I'm not saying that, right? right? When Ryan and I were talking, he brought up two after that episode. We we spoke for a little while. Mm-hmm. I still don't know if I did damage control, right? Because he took it personally, and and that was my bad, not my intention, but my bad. But he was talking about two factors. He he was talking about one. He has limited time, mm-hmm. so his content, and I I have that as well. Mm-hmm. But you're, so your context matters. Mm-hmm. If if I'm going in as a coach to a company for a year versus I'm going in as a coach for three days, mm-hmm. that is significantly going to co- color every word I say. Yeah. Right. I'm probably going to say something like, "Let's follow the Scrum Guide." Yeah. And then I'm going to come back to what you said. I don't think that's inherently big A. Mm-hmm. Like following where, if, as long as it's context based. Yeah. Right, as long as you're looking like, and context is the the client's context, or your if you're in the company, the, your context, but it's also your role. Yeah. It's also how much time you have. So it's it's really complex, and I need that. That's part of my learning is yeah. is making sure that I'm so metacasters. You have to take everything Josh and I say sometimes with a grain of salt. You have mm-hmm. to. We're trying to apply it to your own context. So that's what you. I think that's what you were saying. Yeah. Context matters, right? <clears throat> well, and and I know oftentimes I get dogmatic as well with like just do Scrum. And when you start, just do the just do it by the book. But if you have a beginning team, right? And you have and you go in there for a half. How often? Yeah, you have a half day, Josh. Yeah. Give us an Agile one hundred and one. Yeah, and it's a brand new organization or relatively new. Yeah, in that context, right? Right. I, I, I think you're absolutely right on. Yeah. It's that's because you don't have much time. Right. And and don't read it while I'm talking because I only have so much time. Read it after I leave. Yeah. And try to do it to the best of your ability. But then what you need to do, and I've advised like, don't do it for like a full year. At some point, you need to start evolving. You need to adopt that true agile mindset that we talked about where you start discovering what works for you and what doesn't. But it's hard to really discover what works for you and what doesn't if you don't give it a fair shot and you don't allow it to bake. Exactly. Right? You can't put some cupcakes in the oven and then get mad when they're not done after five minutes. 
We had cupcakes at our house last night. I was so. wondering what the I was wondering. So, yeah. I used to leave. I don't know when I stopped this. I, I just don't know when, but I, I stopped it. Every time I left a, a client, if I did coaching or training, mm-hmm. one of the last things I would do is I would threaten them. I'm like, and oh, by the way, if I come back here in a year, if, if I'm lucky enough for you to invite me back here or if I'm even visiting the area, right, and in 12 months, 18 months, mm-hmm. and you're doing exactly what I we've talked about, I will haunt you for the rest of your natural life, right. right? I will hover around you. I mean, I would always threaten folks. It's like, and the point was, don't get stuck, mm-hmm. right? Don't get stuck in big A, yeah, right? Find your way. Right. I don't know what that way looks like, right? It's your way, right? Right. Like if you do no estimates, if you do stories differently, if you, whatever you do, but I didn't want, and I actually, part of the threat was I, I would revisit a firm and they were doing, I mean, like they were breathing. If, mm. if in the daily standup, everyone had 432 breaths, when I came back, there were still 432 breaths. Right. I'm like, holy crap, that's not the point, right? So, and, and it's incredibly common because we're coming from this place mm-hmm. where, you know this, in waterfall command and control, checklist-oriented thinking, mm-hmm. you follow the script. Once you have a script, you follow it. And that's that's not what we want with that mindset. But I don't I don't threaten people that I mean in a good nature way, in a fun loving way. Yeah. But I shouldn't keep making that point like over and over again. Welcome to our diversity inclusion minute. It's it's short, Josh. Last episode we talked a lot about it, and we included as I was putting the links together. Mm-hmm. I I think there were some things we didn't even talk about. I'm pretty yeah. proud. Of what we're doing. And do you know that we have a... Are you going to be able to... There's a stand-up, I think. I to, believe so, yeah. Tomorrow, you're going yeah, to attend? Tomorrow, yeah. Right? Yeah, so it is intentionally short today because we are recording on Monday and we just recorded on Saturday. So yeah. we said all the things that we were doing on Saturday and it's a couple of days later and it's a head scratch. You're like, hmm, haven't done a lot in the past couple of days. But to but we did Bob's, a lot. But I think we did a lot. Well, and we... Which is very rare. We said we were going to put links in the show notes, and we actually we did. did. We don't always do that. Yeah, we're notoriously bad at that. Well, that's so. that's because I'm. I usually don't send you the links and things. Well, you know, I will throw myself under the maybe. bus. Maybe I'm feeling sort of humble and sort of vulnerable today. Have you noticed that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've like thrown myself under the bus <laughs> a few times today. All right, everyone, back to the episode. Okay. As I think about the close to 200 episodes that we've done, we've painted a challenging picture. And I'll explain that. We, we've we talked about being very prescriptive. And there were, there were moments throughout the past decade where we've gotten like, just be prescriptive, just do this, just go in as a coach and tell them to do this and just move on. What we're really saying is that what we believe you need to be prescriptive about is how to start and then how to evolve, right? Those are the things that need to happen. You need to have a very clear starting point. We believe scrum gives you a, a very logical place to start. Let that do its thing for a while. Then we open the door and let you experiment and evolve and do those things. So, that's not contradictory to those times when we get prescriptive. We are prescriptive about what Agile is, and we're trying to help you understand how to go through your own journey 
to build those amazingly high-powered, high-functioning, wonderful teams that can exist. We offer a roadmap for you to get there. And so often the starting point is Scrum by the book for a decent amount of time. So you like figure it out. And then as you learn, as you grow, as you evolve, as you talk to more people, as you go to virtual conferences, real conferences, listen to podcasts, do all of those things, you start to understand ways that you could make life better. Then start doing that. And even, even it's the learning scrum masters. Mm -hmm. I remember many medicasts ago, you talked about your epiphany with Richard core, mm -hmm. right? Where before that, and, and we've been talking about prescriptive and scrum guide, mm -hmm. but you in your heart didn't get the value of a scrum master. Right. And then you had the epiphany of getting the value of a scrum master. Right. Well, that's part of the evolution is okay. And you maybe did scrum masters when you had the funding for it and maybe you didn't, mm -hmm. but again, it's, it's it's sort of that emergent understanding, right? And now now you have the value of that. Well, that's that's if that's okay. That's you know you did, you did what you wanted to do in the beginning. Do the scrum as best as you can, mm -hmm. and then just learn and evolve. So you can evolve to do more scrum. You can evolve to do less scrum. I actually don't think of you as like in that in that curve. You were doing scrum. Mm -hmm. I'm not. It's not like for, it's not my job to come in and like evaluate. You right. were doing C minus Scrum, Josh, or something, or to grade it or yeah. to judge you on it, right? Your your intentions were sound. Your intentions for Scrum were as sound when you didn't get the value proposition of the Scrum Master mm -hmm. as they were after you got the value. Mm -hmm. So what was I going to say? I was I was trying to. Oh, I think if I said something like this, I think prescriptive about being non-prescriptive meaning if, if there's what, what i get really a lot of our talks are around i get very prescriptive around the evolution mm -hmm. like evolve is what i'm saying so so that's one of the things that i get a lot of when i get all agitated about something i want you to become a little way that's what i'm getting agitated about i don't know what those paths are but I am prescriptive. It's like after two years, if you're still big A, you can do that, but I'm going to nitpick you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get on your case in a, in a, in a loving way, in a nurturing. I'm like, you, need, you can do better than that, mm -hmm. right, to evolve. So I'm prescriptive about the evolution. I'm prescriptive about the mindset. I, I, I think we've consistently, very often we're talking about like in early stages, but it's where I think where we both get passionate is about like, like the possibilities of the outcome, the high performance teams and things. Yeah. And how to like trying to get folks to go there. Did you see that thing from George that he talked about? We, he was confused. Yeah. I wanted to follow up cause I didn't, I wasn't sure exactly what was meant there. I, I, I think it's, I think it f falls into this episode a little bit and George okay. can tell us if, if not, but I, I think it helps like our context, the Medicast context. So sometimes I say we, mm -hmm. and my we is you and I, probably a minor set of the times. Sometimes in the Medicast, when I say we, I'm talking about the Agile community. Very right. often, the we is the all-inclusive we of we as a, like I, you and I get around. Yeah. We're, we're thought leaders <laughs> to whatever degree we are in the community. We talk to a lot of thought leaders in the community. And and I have a view of where we're going. 
mm-hmm. or, or where we are, mm-hmm. right? And so, and sometimes the we is positive, and sometimes the we, like in the industrial complex, the we is we. This is not you and I, and this is not folks just in Raleigh Durham, but the universe, the world, Agilis in the world. The industrial complex is alive and well and growing. Mm-hmm. It's a growing gorilla in the world, and I'd like to see that gorilla lose a little weight. I'd, I'd like to see it you know, turn into a monkey or turn into something quite small because I think that would that would reduce the So George, when we're when we're talking about we's, I think we're change this goes back to our platform. I, I very often our I, I don't know, my context is I'm trying to change the world. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm trying to influence the world. I think you're the same way. Yeah. And that's our language. So it's we're not talking like Eric, for example. When we remember when we invited Eric on, and we were dialoguing with Eric, but it's, I'm also conscious of people who are listening, and we're and that conversation is influencing a much larger yeah. community. And so, are you suggesting we need to be more clear about the context, right? Because we're talking about context and giving everybody. I think. That. So. I think okay. so. I think we need to be. Not every word, yeah, but we need but more to be thoughtful about it. Gotcha. M- more context aware when yeah. we're when using examples, when we're talking about like our where are we coming from? Yeah, but Makes a sense. default stance for me is 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 the change agent. I'll call it the the. Ch- I'm trying to change. Yeah, I'm trying to challenge a cloud of people who are listening mm-hmm. that are around the world, right, and who could potentially listen. I mean, and you don't know what that universe is. Mm-hmm. You don't even know when they're going to listen. You know that? Yeah. So so that's part of the context sometimes is, you know, it's broad. So, George, I hope that explains it. Don't get caught up in the use. So if you're saying we, you know, it's like Bob and Josh or whatever, you know, try to interpret the context in our comments and assume positive intent. Another thing, and we don't always say that. We, we have positive intent in every word that we say, mm-hmm. I think. It, it, that's just part of who we are. Get back to the, the message. Uh, little A, getting to little A. Practical, tactical ways. Yeah, I'm trying to think about, for listeners out there, there's, I think, what's becoming challenging is there's so much information available. Uh. And some of it, is very big a driven that doesn't mean it's bad it might be fantastic advice it might be fantastic content but everything you read everything you see everything you listen to including us make it yours interpret how it applies to your situation now you might hear me say listen just do scrum just do that that's my recommendation for, you know, basically every team that I talk to. Then what I will coach teams to do is at some point start peeling things back, figure out what the right answer is. I don't know where you are in your journey. You know where you are in your journey. You know where your team is in your journey. Maybe you've been doing that for a while. Maybe you hear Bob's challenge of stop doing the same thing over and over again and you start making changes. The goal is like Bob and I have done, I think that's something that has allowed us to be successful is we're always listening and learning and doing all of those things, but we still have pretty strong opinions about what we think is right for whatever teams we're coaching. You need to do the same thing. You need to absorb all of the things thoughtfully 
intentionally and then thoughtfully and intentionally start applying change with your team, your organization, whatever it might be. Well, I I just looked up an old uh, blog post. Uh, I wish I had a dime for every time I said that. Yeah, I know. But I I, I wrote something about competing agile voices a while back. And, And this is true for me. I... I, there's so much crap. There's so many opinions. And I, I, I listen and I read things. And I, I think... So some one bit of advice, Metacasters, is find your trusted list. So, so the default space in the world is there's too much information around Agile. And there's too many opinions. So let's mm-hmm. just say that. And, it's, and that universe is ever-expanding. So 10 to 12 years ago... It wasn't like that at all. There were some really trusted, I remember Mike Cohn was, mm-hmm. there was a handful, probably less than 50 people that you could really, you know, sort of really trust. And they were, the other thing is they were very experienced. And now that's changed. Every, with electronic media, with blogs, with podcasts, everyone is a coach, everyone, right, you know, with very little experience, there's so many voices. So I would encourage you to find your trusted 10 or 15 voices you could what books so what authors do you trust what podcasts do you trust and i i don't care the metacast could be on that list or not but then listen to your trusted your trusted voices like the voices that you you find your voices and then i'm not saying you don't listen to to some others but listen to your trusted ones qualify them i put i think i remember if i put in this blog post you know, how do you determine who the voices you can trust are? Well, find people who are talking. Like sometimes I'll write about another, I'll applaud someone else's podcast or something. Mm-hmm. Like you and Ryan, mm-hmm. we've, we've mentioned Ryan. He has Agile for Humans, mm-hmm. highly recommended. Well, there's a connection, right? So look for, if there yeah. are five or 10 other people saying that, odds are that might you might raise that as something that's more valuable to you concurrently you know conversely there might be things that if no one's talking about it maybe you lower the ranking of that but but find if you're a product owner then find your product voices etc but it, it's really a it's a challenge for people to yeah. do that a couple of thoughts there your trusted voices at some point will be wrong so do not blindly yeah. listen read watch and then apply i go back to the words i used a couple minutes ago thoughtfully and intentionally listen thoughtfully and intentionally apply you have to plug in the big brain you have and apply what makes sense for you and your organization what bob and i say has worked for us it likely will work for you but it might not or maybe you need to twist it i one of the best learnings I had was I got forced to go to a safe class and that was not too long after Bob introduced me to safe and told me how bad it was. (laughs) So I went into that class with just expectation. There was zero things I could take away from it, but there were like three key things that you came out with that that you liked. Yeah. That I came out with and said, Oh, I'm using that. I'm not going to use it exactly like that, yep. but that that inspired me to make some changes that I think can really help us. So have that lens as you look at everything. And for me, what I look for is I look for practitioners. I look for people that are putting it in practice. What we've tried to do here at Metacast and with 
the agile the, the agile podcast network and what i'm trying to do with kazi is trying to be your trusted source of like qualified valued vetted agile leaders out there that have that like mindset that we think this is a good starting point but don't you. look at but we're not a big a right don't consider us a big a resource we're a little a resource which mm -hmm. means and i'm amplifying what you just said josh you have to think this is this is agile is agile mindset is a thinking activity it's a context-driven activity it's a listen to people but then you decide we mm -hmm. talked about this uh, in the early days of the metacast we talked more about context mm -hmm. and and sort of sense and respond look at your look at what's going on and then decide what's so don't just don't don't follow a book right follow some guidelines but then interpret right little way agile is hard work little way agile is experimentation little way agile is failing and yep. succeeding yeah yep. right little way agile is admitting you're wrong and admitting you're right and, and all of those things it, it can be difficult and scary yeah and that's that's what that's called work and that's called <laughs> life right that's that's the way it is and it's not a template and it won't always follow the way that you you know that the plan doesn't always follow etc cetera, etc cetera. so if you are if you are unwilling to take those risks then agile likely isn't for you it's not because it's going to end up failing because you're not willing to take the risk to try things to make it better. Well, I mean, agile, little a agile is not for you. Big a agile, like uh, disciplined agile. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So then, clarification. then yeah. safe is for you. Can't believe I said that, but, but yeah. yes. And disciplined agile, which is sort of becoming the dinosaur that's going to eat the agile world is for you. And scrum by the book for the next 22 millennia is, is for you. And you know what? With all due respect, I wrinkle my nose at that, but that's okay. That doesn't mean you're a bad person. You are where you are. You get, you get to choose what you want. Mm -hmm. so, okay. We're just little A. We're little. We're, we're just two little guys thinking about little A. I I want to get this blog post because I talk about how to determine your agile voices, and I talk about like experience and certifications, and are they giving back and branding. Are they walking their talk in mm. humility? So I put a lot of factors in there. And I, I now that I think this might be helpful, okay. I'm really cool. like, like connect to this uh, episode. We can do that. Are we done? I think so. So from beautiful downtown, hey, we're not in Fuquay anymore, yeah. right? at least for today. So from beautiful downtown, Cary, North Carolina, I'm Bob Galen. And I'm Josh Anderson. Shake and bake. All right. Take care, y'all.